Ozzy. Yes, Harriet? What's the latest in the international situation? Just this, that the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is international sterling. Oh, Ozzy, everybody knows that. Solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of International Sterling, present The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Let's look in on the Nelsons at 1847 Rogers Road and see what Ozzie and Harriet are doing today. Oh, but wait. First, let's look in on the little shack on the vacant lot next door where David and Ricky Nelson and some of their little friends are holding a club meeting. As our scene opens, we hear a sound so familiar to the mother of every eight-year-old boy. Let's listen. <laughs> then I close in on him <laughs> and kill them all. Then I sneak over to the camp and kill the sentries. Then I wipe out the whole camp. Hey, wait a minute, David. Maybe one of them would kill you. Why? What have they got against me? <laughs> hey, you guys. How about playing some baseball? We can't, Ricky. I accidentally cracked the bat yesterday. Let's call Anthony. He's got a bat. We can't. It was on his head that I accidentally cracked it. <laughs> Speaking of bats, we sure could use a new baseball bat and some more gloves. Yeah, but talk is cheap. We ain't got enough money to buy nothing. What do we got in the treasury, Tommy? You mean exactly? Yeah. What's in the treasury? Well, there's 52 cents, 14 airplane pictures, 130 marbles, two turtles, and Tom's kid brother Herman that we're holding till Tom pays his dues. <laughs> well, there must be some way we can raise money. Why don't we hold another raffle? Yeah, that's a good idea. Last time we held a raffle, we sold 27 raffles at five cents each. That's right. The guy who had the lucky number even refused the prize. Yeah, we couldn't get rid of t Tom's kid brother Herman that way either. <laughs> hey, I got a good idea, hey. Why don't we rent this club to somebody to live in and we can collect the rent, hey? Nah, we can't. Why not? The OPA. What's the OPA? Well, I don't know, but Pop says they don't let you do nothing. <laughs> Say, I got a better idea. There's a lot of people that want places to live. Why don't we tear down this little shack and put up a great big apartment house? Then we could collect way more rent. Hey, that's a great idea, hey. It'd be easy to build. There's lots of red bricks laying around the lot, hey. Let's make it a real big one. 200 stories. Have we got enough bricks for that, hey? Oh, sure. There must be 50 or 60 of them out there. <laughs> well, maybe you guys are right. Yeah, it's easy to put up apartment houses these days, too. You don't need to build no roof. No roof? You know, that's something else I heard my pop say. That OPA, they put a ceiling on everything. <laughs> One thing, though. Let's not rent it to any families with kids. Children are too destructive and mischievous. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yes. They keep tracking the floor and marking the walls no matter how many times my mother tells me. <laughs> Oh, just a minute. We're forgetting something important. Like what? Well, first we got to make a syndicate. Can't we just make the apartment house? 
No, no. First we gotta make the syndicate. <laughs> Look at Ricky. Don't even know what a syndicate is. I don't know what a syndicate is either, Tommy. Well, that's how big businessmen do things. Well, didn't your pop ever get together with a bunch of other guys and something very important? Yeah, sure. Well, that's a syndicate. Oh, a poker game. <laughs> well, come on, guys. Let's start building the house. Okay. I'll go get some shovels and a bag of cement. We'll get to work right away. Right, Tommy? Yeah, and look what I've got. I just wrote an ad for the papers when we finished the house. You mean for the want ads? Yeah, listen to this. Beautiful apartments to rent. Two dollars a month. P.S. One dollar a month if you're a candy manufacturer. <laughs> Harriet. What's wrong, Ozzy? You look upset. I am upset. Harriet, do you know what a man down the street just told me? No, I don't, but I think you're good looking. No, well, this has nothing to do with my looks. It seems that a very disturbing rumor is spreading through the neighborhood. What's that? Well, you know that vacant lot right next door to us? Yeah. Well, some big syndicate is putting up an immense apartment house on it. <laughs> I heard it from Charlie Hooper, and then from old Mr. Carlton, and then Ben told me the same thing. Are you sure about this? Just as sure as I'm a human being. Well, let's not worry until it's more definite. <laughs> and, dear, besides, you know, it's not a very nice lot, you know. In fact, the kids call it the Rogers Road Dust Bowl. Now, I think this is pretty serious, Harriet. A big apartment house right next door isn't exactly my idea something to laugh about. I like neighbors, but not about 200 of them 10 feet away. I guess you're right at that. Besides blocking off our house and turning this street into a traffic street and a lot of other things like that, it's going to deprive all the kids of their only playground around here. And you're right, you're right. They always have so much fun playing there, too. Remember the time they were playing follow the leader and they all climbed up that telephone pole and then they dared you to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I did it, too, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't so very much trouble for the fire department to get you down. You know, Harriet, when I passed that clubhouse tonight on the way home, I felt terrible. All those kids, and soon they'll have no place to play. And just because some big syndicate decided to make a few more dollars. It seems to me that the freedom of youth is worth a good deal more to the community than the desires of a few big businessmen. Has the time come that we've thrown over the principles of democracy and justice for the many merely because of the importance of a select few? The senator from California has the floor. <laughs> and now may I ask you a question? Go right ahead. How many times have you seen anchors away? <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you're right, dear. That apartment house is bad for a lot of reasons. Especially from the kid's point of view. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to do everything I can to prevent it. Maybe I won't be able to, but I sure will try. I'll tell you that much. Hello, Mom. Hiya, Pop. Hello, David. Hello, son. Say, Pop, you know what me and the fellas are doing? Uh, not now, David. Mother and I are discussing something very important. It'll only take a minute, Pop. Later, son, please. This discussion concerns you, too, and it's really very important. You know, Harriet, maybe I'll look up the zoning restrictions on apartment houses. That's what I wanted to talk to you about, Pop. The apartment house. Oh, so you know about it. Of course. As a matter of well, fact... Well, David, I want you to tell every single one of your friends that your father is doing everything in his power to stop that apartment house from going up. You're trying to stop it? But, Pop... If I have to dig into every legal book in the library, if I have to get out an injunction, even if I have to take it to court, I'll do what I can to prevent it. 
Gee whiz, Pop. Well, just go out and tell the boys that that's the way your pop feels about it. Okay, if you say so. Bye, David. Bye. Gee, I wonder what it feels like to be a hermit. Yes, sir, I want those kids to know that they have one real friend. Oh, honey, now look, don't you think you may be getting all worked up unnecessarily? It could be just a rumor, you know. No, no, this is pretty definite. As a matter of fact, the whole thing is really my fault anyway. I was on the verge of buying that lot any number of times. If only I'd bought it, this never would have happened. Do you remember once about three years ago? I was going to buy that lot then, but something interfered. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, you didn't have enough money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then later on, that second time I was going to buy it, something came up again, didn't it? Uh, what was that? You didn't have enough money. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and the third time I almost bought it. Let's see, what was wrong then? You didn't have enough money. It's always something, isn't it? <laughs> if only I'd have bought that lot when I wanted to, everything would be all right now. Oh, well, let's not talk about it till after we eat, dear. Dinner's almost ready. Okay, but that's what always happens when you put something off until tomorrow. Somebody else goes and does it, and then you just feel like kicking yourself. Three times I was going to buy that apartment. <laughs> Nelson, you've been sitting there with a sour face all through dinner. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I was thinking about the syndicate buying that lot. I didn't realize I was being such a sourpuss. Anything I can do for you? Yeah, smile and show your teeth. <laughs> I want to be able to tell you from the dill pickle. <laughs> well, Harriet, I'm just sore about not buying it. I kept putting it off and putting it off. Oh, I know, dear. I was just teasing you. Before we sit down and start figuring out what to do, I'll call Gloria so she can clear the table. Oh, Gloria! Gloria! Did you call me, Mrs. Nelson? <laughs> yes, Gloria, I did. We finished dinner. All right, Mrs. Nelson. And if you'll pardon me for saying so, Mr. Nelson looks very unhappy this evening. Oh, I'm sort of burned up at myself, Gloria. It's exactly as my mother always says. Procrastination is the thief of time. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> Have you ever kept putting something off and finally wound up not doing it at all? Have you ever seen the dust on the piano? <laughs> well, you see, Gloria, Mr. Nelson's always wanted to buy that vacant lot next door. And it's rumored now that some big syndicate went and bought it. Did he? Yeah, that's right. Somebody else bought that lot next door. Oh, that's too bad. When are they going to take it away? <laughs> No, nobody's taking the lot away, Gloria. Oh, well, that's good. It'd leave such an awful hole. Uh, it's even worse than that. It seems they're going to build a big apartment house next door. We're pretty upset about the whole thing. The children will have no place to play, and noisy neighbors can often be very disagreeable. Oh, I had a very disagreeable neighbor once. It was terrible. Mrs. Nelson, what would you do if you had a neighbor who shook out her dust mop practically in your living room and made noise late at night and always walked across your lawn? Well, first I'd talk to her about it. That's what I thought, but no, this woman had to call the police. <laughs> but, Gloria, it's not only the neighbors. There's so many reasons. It'll ruin our view, for one thing. Ruin the view? Sure, you won't be able to see anything, will you? 
Well, that depends on how far down they pull their shades. <laughs> well, I'll see you later. Oh, good old Gloria. Well, let's try to figure out what we can do about this apartment house, shall we, dear? I hate to be a wet blanket, honey, but I don't think there's much you can do. Say, Harriet, I just thought of something. Maybe that big syndicate hasn't bought the lot yet. What makes you say that? Well, I understand that Mrs. Appleby, the lady who owns it, has been out of town for a few weeks. She just got back today. Maybe that company's been making plans before buying the lot. Could be. At least it's worth going over there. You mean over to Mrs. Appleby's? Well, sure. If we get to her before the syndicate does, we'll buy the lot first. Well, it's up to you. But they've probably already bought it, honey. And if they have, I'll fight it to the last. I'll write to my congressman. If that doesn't help, I'll go see the governor. And if that doesn't help, I'll go to see President Truman himself. Could you get in to see President Truman? Well, of course. President Truman and I are very close friends. Really? Well, at the last meeting of the Musicians' Union, I met a guy who knows a fellow who's a friend of the man that tunes his piano. <laughs> and now our lovely singing stars, the four famous King Sisters. I'm gonna love that guy like you've never been loved before. I'm gonna show that guy he's a fellow that I adore. When he's in my arms again, our dreams will all come true. Then the years between might never have been. We'll start our lives anew. I'm gonna kiss that boy. started something when they decided to enlarge their clubhouse on the vacant lot next door. As a result, a false rumor started that a big syndicate was planning to build an apartment house there. 
Ozzie, in order to stop the building, decided to try to buy the lot before the syndicate did. We find him now with Harriet ringing the doorbell at Mrs. Appleby's, the woman who owns the lot. Oh, hello, Mrs. Appleby. Do you remember me? I live right... Oh, of course, of course. Come right in. When did you get to town? Uh, Mrs. Appleby, I think you have me confused. Uh, Oh, aren't you a fellow by the name of Peterson who owned a leather and harness shop next to the drugstore in Scranton, Pennsylvania? No, no, no. And my name is Nelson. Oh, of course, of course. I don't know how I mistook you for Mr. Peterson. His eyes are brown and you're wearing a gray suit and he died five years ago. You know my wife, don't you, Mrs. Appleby? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Appleby? (laughs) No, I'm Mrs. Nelson. Oh, of course, my dear. You know, every time I see you two, I can't help noticing how much Mr. Nelson resembles my first husband, Cedric. Oh, that's nice. We came here... It's too bad we had to be divorced, but I guess it had to come. I ate crackers in bed, and poor Cedric couldn't stand the crumbs. Oh. Oh, That's very interesting. Those crumbs in bed used to drive Cedric crazy, and he was so clever. You know what he told the judge? No, what did he tell the judge? Uh, He said he just had to have a divorce because instead of being wedded, he was gradually being breaded. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that clever? Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about... Naturally, when I married for the second time, (laughs) I didn't eat crackers in bed, heaven forbid. I wouldn't dream of eating crackers in bed. Oh, well, that's good. But we were divorced, too. Those lamb chops cost just as much trouble. <laughs> well, Mrs. Appleby, the reason we dropped that in was... That was my second husband. I've had three, you know. That's right, three husbands. Now, what was it you wanted to ask me? Uh, well, to come right to the point, Mrs. Appleby... You know was... there's someone else you remind me of. I know. It's that young fellow who lives right around the corner on Rogers Road. Oh, that's me, Mrs. Appleby. Oh, it couldn't be. This fellow's name is Nelson. Yes. <laughs> that's me. My name is Nelson. Of course. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have such a poor memory. Nelson, let me see. Oh, I know how I can remember it. Uh, the same as Battling Nelson, who won the lightweight championship from Joe Gans in Reno, Nevada, on April 11th, 1917, at 133 pounds in six rounds, and I won 60 cents on him at three to two odds. <laughs> yes, sir. That's how I remember you, Mr. Dempsey. <laughs> Mrs. Appleby. Uh, yes? Uh, Mrs. Appleby, are you interested in selling that lot next to my house? Mr. Nelson, is that what you came over here to ask me? Yes. Well, for goodness sakes, what was all that beating around the bush for? <laughs> well, I'm kind of a blabbermouth. <laughs> but tell me, you haven't promised that lot to anybody else, have you? Oh, no, 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 uh, no. Then will you take a $50 deposit on it and hold it for me? Oh, certainly, Mr. Nelson, if you wish to buy it. Oh, that's fine. We'll let you know as soon as possible. Here's the $50, Mrs. Appleby. And now I think we'd better be going. Oh, but Mr. Nelson, I haven't even told you why my last husband left me. I know why. You ate grapefruits in bed. Why, that's right. I ate grapefruits in bed. But how did you know? I remember the headline in the society column that day. Mrs. Appleby squirts off third drip. Goodbye. Yeah, this is it. I've seen their ads in the paper. Well, you go ahead, dear, and I'll see you at home later, okay? Goodbye. Bye. Welcome to the Helping Hand Finance Company. Oh, 
uh, thinking of buying some real estate, and I'd like to see about borrowing some money. Well, you came to the right place, friend. <laughs> because we always have plenty of money. Lots of money. <laughs> now, what would you like? $10,000? No. $100,000? A million? No, it, no loan is too big or too small for the Helping Hand Finance Company. We just lend money and lend money. <laughs> now, what's your name, please? Uh, Nelson. Ozzie Nelson. I phoned you a while ago. Oh, yes. I think we got some information on you. Uh, just a few pertinent facts our investigators checked on. Now, let's see. Oh, here it is. Ozzie Nelson, born on... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mmm. <laughs> We've led a very interesting life, haven't we? <laughs> well, you know, that is... And let's see. One night in June 1938, while you were... Mmm. If, if that was that night in Pismo Beach... This uh, is in Toledo. Oh. <laughs> and then you... Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What's the matter? I just got to Pismo Beach. <laughs> well, I guess it'll be all right. Now, how much do you want to borrow? Well, you see, I'm not sure yet. I just wanted to line everything up for a certain big deal. Uh, suppose I call back tomorrow with that Planet, be all right? Mr. Nelson, yes. We'll be happy to serve you. And please bear in mind, Mr. Nelson, or Ozzy, if I may, we don't want you to look upon this as a cold business deal. We want you to think of us as warm friends who are glad to help you out in your hour of need. Your signature on one of our applications is like the warm hand clasp of two dear friends. That's why we call ourselves the Helping Hand Finance Company, because we give you a helping hand. Oh, well, thanks. Oh, uh, just one thing. Suppose I can't meet my payments on time. Do you still extend a helping hand? Well, in that case, we use our foot a little. <laughs> Yes, dear. Honey, I've been thinking over this whole business about the apartment house. I know, dear. You've been thinking, but your husband's a man of action. I've got everything lined up. My credit's okay at the finance company, and now I'll go over to Mrs. Appleby and start to talk real business. But, darling... I can just imagine how that big syndicate is going to feel when they find out they've been outsmarted by a guy who's a little too fast for them. <laughs> well, I just hope you haven't wasted $50 and a whole lot of time and energy, that's all. Oh, Harriet, please. Hello, Mom. Hello, Pop. Uh, well, uh, David, what did the gang say when you told them your old man was putting a stop to that apartment house business, eh? Well, they were kind of mad at first, but then we held a meeting and decided to dig a hole to China instead. Oh, well, that's... Uh, uh, what is that? Well, as long as you wouldn't let our syndicate buy the, build the apartment house, we already had the shovels and stuff. Well, uh, wait, wait a minute. You, you mean that you kids... Uh... And there you have it, folks. The mystery of the big syndicate is explained. Oh, Harriet. You were right all the time. I'm a fool, that's what I am. I'm a dope. I'm a moron. I'm an idiot. Well? Keep going, dear. I'll tell you when to stop. 
get it. Well, hello, Mr. Nelson, Mrs. Nelson. Remember me, Mrs. Appleby? Oh, my goodness, that rhymes, doesn't it? Well, I had a little trouble uh, finding Pardon you. me, but did you happen to come in to see us about the lot, Mrs. Appleby? Did I? Oh, yes, of course, yes. I, I, I came to find out if you still want to buy it. Mrs. Appleby, I, I'm sorry to cause you this trouble, but we decided not to buy the lot. Naturally, we forfeit the $50 deposit. Oh, no, no, no. I insist on giving it back to you. Oh, but Mrs. Appleby, we want to be fair with you. After all, you lose enough by not selling the lot. But that's what I wanted to tell you. Um, you see, I've already sold the lot, and I was afraid you'd be upset about it. Oh, you sold it? Yes. Isn't that good news? Late this afternoon, some nice man from a syndicate called on me, and he bought it. He's going to put up a nice big apartment house. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Here we go again. <laughs> Silver Company, creators of International Sterling, invite you to listen again next Sunday to the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet with songs by the King Sisters and music by Ozzie Nelson's orchestra. And don't forget, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. You're right, Harriet. The solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzie and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were B. Benaderet, John Brown, Joel Davis, Tommy Cook, and Henry Blair. Original music was composed by Billy May. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.